Welcome to Highway Diary. I'm your host, Eric Hollerbach. With me, I think for the third time, Ole Demigard. This is Highway Diary episode 335. How are you, buddy? Um, there's different um, ways to fight the empire. There's different ways to fight the beast. Um, you know, sometimes we've got to bring the fight where we have the advantage. Creativity, you know, rock and roll. <laughs> music video there's beautiful visuals how, how did this come about how did the wake up music video come about Ole Demogard that is a it's a beautiful story I think it was like uh, some 20 odd years ago uh, we had to leave Sweden quite urgently uh, to some extent because of my research into the alleged assassination of the Swedish Prime Minister Olaf Palme I had two friends that died mysteriously and and I also had a visit at home which was shit scary so uh, I preferred not to become parts of statistics and instead we decided to leave country. And so we moved from Sweden to Spain, started from absolute scratch. And uh, so in Spain, because we came there, no money, no language, no job, no nothing. And, uh, you know, we were just going for it, trying to create a new life. And one of the ways we started to try and learn Spanish was looking at watching Spanish TV. And there was this program called uh, Operación Triunfo, which was a bit like uh, the X Factor, uh, American Idol, but the Spanish early version. And one of the people there was a guy called, one of the finalists was a guy called Mo Anton, which is a very unusual name in Spain, mostly because he's not Spanish, but anyway. <laughs> so that name sort of stuck with me uh, in my, the back of my mind. Okay, forward some 20 years, uh, some 18, 90, a couple of years ago, a year and a half or so, uh, I was contacted on Facebook by a guy called Mo Anton, who said, uh, I really appreciate what you're doing and uh, blah, blah. So that he was sort of applauding me in the background. So I recognized the name and I said, Mo Anton, is that you? Enter. And he said, uh, yeah. And so, so he was a bit flattered that I, I recognized him and so on. But I always really like people that go for their dream, whatever that dream is, to be the best window washer or whatever it is, you know, like uh, uh, doesn't matter. But here was somebody who was really going for it. So and there was something with this guy. And I always follow my intuition. I Often logic doesn't uh, weigh so heavy in my life. I follow my heart and boom. And very often really amazing things happen out of my control, but I just act on them. So I felt there's something with this guy. So I said, want to meet up for a coffee? And he said, yeah, but the only slight problem was that he lived some 
700 kilometers from where I was living in Spain. So, uh, but anyway, we decided let's have a coffee. So I had a, quite a bit of a drive. And uh, so we met up in uh, uh, on the east coast of Spain and just for coffee. And we really liked each other. And it was sort of like uh, there was absolutely no idea about anything with music. I, I don't even think that he knew that I was a musician musician because music used to be a major part of my life and so uh, just before we said bye bye or hasta luego um, I said you know like uh, if you ever feel like it I've got two solo albums if you ever feel there's some songs there you know if you want to cut uh, turn it upside down put it into some new variation if there's anything you like that please feel free and so I didn't think more of that we said thank you so much hugged and off we went and then about a few months, two, three months later, he contacted me with this song that is based on my old song called From Prison to Paradise, which is also the name of the album, uh, one of my solo albums, which is a quote from David Icke, actually. But this was a, uh, uh, an album that I, I released in 97, which actually went up to uh, <clears throat> on 11th uh, position 11 in on an... Uh, uh, ambient uh, top 100 in the US, but that, that was about it. I, I could... So anyway, so what he'd done with it was just amazing. He just chopped it up and turned it upside down and inside out or whatever, and came up with a whole new song called Wake Up, which is the <clears throat> chorus on the old one. And he said, what do you think of it? And I was like, whoa, that, that's interesting. I really like it. And so I said, do you want, I can add some guitars, you know, I can record some guitars and send them your way. And so we started doing that. And then came uh, the time when we had to escape from Spain. I mean, now it was escape number two, change of country number two, because of what I was doing. And also the, the lockdown was really heavy in Spain at that time. And, uh, you know, we were locked in for months and there were like uh, military blocks, roadblocks and helicopters, patrol. But I mean, not fun at all. And especially while I was sitting doing interviews uh, all the time, you know, up from a small little cabin on top of a, an apartment uh, building. Uh, you know, I had ropes hanging down the side of the building. I had escape routes planned. I mean, not totally comfortable. So anyway, so I said, sorry, but we had to take this chance because since I know population control, I also know that, you know, you push, push, you press, you press, but you cannot keep people locked in forever. You have to let go a little bit and then so they can go out, breathe a little and think, oh, freedom. And then boom, you hit them again saying, you naughty one, you did something wrong. So now and so very sorry because what you done, we had to lock you in for another few months. So we knew that there was going to be a release. And so we, we pinpointed the time quite accurately, my sweetheart and I. And so uh, we managed to get out right when they released because the, the airports were closed as well, but they opened up just for a little one and we, boom, we hit it right on the, the spot. So anyway, we came here to Bali after quite a nightmare of a trip. And uh, then I continued here to start with, I was, I was so burnt out and so on my knees that the song turned into a really crappy version. Uh, he was going through some personal stuff as well. It sounded awful and I almost lost uh, hope. But then when I got back in the saddle and he did as well, suddenly something happened with it. And I felt this song has the potential that is so much bigger than any of us involved in the whole thing. There's something in it that needs to get out there. 
So I really started going for it. So did he, and it started really blossoming. And then he's, he was talking, we're talking about a zero budget. I mean, there was no money at all from either of us. So we were talking about why don't we do make like a video and, you know, he can film in Spain. I film here on Bali, uh, you know, just with a cell phone, whatever, you know, we can do this and cut it together. It can become, so I'm in this incredibly beautiful place. So I, I just had to take my scooter, take a friend down on the beach and, and do some amazing footage just with a normal cell phone. I mean, I'm blown away by this footage. I mean, and then he started in Spain. He came up with the idea, why, why, why don't we film somebody who opens their eyes, you know, with, at, at the sun, wake up. And so I said, why don't we do it with 100 people? You know, like start with one and then just add up. And so we end up with 100, you know, to see how through the, through the song that there's a history of this wake up thing. And so we, I started filming everyone. I mean, I've got, got uh, Dr. Dolores, or Professor Dolores Cahill there, Sasha Stone is in there, David Icke is in there, uh, our cat is in there, my daughter is in it, you know, the, pe the person who helps us here in the house is in there, uh, the spiritual, spiritual teachers. I mean, all, we just, all kinds of colors, races, backgrounds, nations, whatever. We just mix the whole thing up. And then, uh, uh, in the end, I just felt this is, it's got some, I'm not religious, but I feel there's, you know, like divine synchronicity, the way synergy works, and it just like, it becomes powerful. I just felt this, we are onto something major here. So we decided to release it on 9-11 on the 20th anniversary uh, at a conference in Sweden. I couldn't, I could only be there through Zoom, but we released it then, we got standing ovations. And from then on, it just took off. It uh, went to uh, the top, uh, it became number one on um, top 100 uh, chart in, the, in Germany, stayed there for two months solid. And it was just going like this, boom, on YouTube, we, we released it. And, you know, if you have no marketing, if you have no push, I've been shut down and censored everywhere. So we have more or less no platforms left. So without that, and still get, you know, we got up to some, 60, 70,000 views in, in a few weeks. And it was really going like this. Lots of shares as well. So God knows uh, how many places. And then suddenly the number of views started going down. We started seeing every day it, start, it went down with a thousand, another thousand, another thousand. And I was like, what the hell is going on? But this is not the first time I noticed that. So I started pointing it out in the chat saying to people, just for your information, look at the numbers. This is the time here. That's the number of views. This is the number of likes. So people started seeing for themselves how the views just boom, boom, boom. Max Egan had it on his show. And after that, it went, his, uh, the number of views on his show went down 37,000 overnight. You know, so somebody is messing big time with this. And this is also where I think that you got all of these young YouTubers with shows of absolute nonsense, if you ask me, but fun. But they have like 4.8 million or 12 million views or whatever. Says who? Says who? I mean, you can really direct the attention to saying this is something of value just by entering the number of 14 million. Enter, boom, and up you go. Or the other way around, shows like yours, mine, whatever. You know, this is information we don't want to get out there. Let's put the views down to three. Boom. Look yeah. at that loser. Yeah. Manufacturing consent. Manufacturing the narrative, you know. 
That's what they're all about. Gaining of function. You know, it's hard to get your soldier to shoot over. So you need to gain a function, your shoulder into a death machine. So you need to use propaganda with all the best scientists in the world to brainwash your peasant. You know, what if we just click a, what? We steal money with algorithms on Wall Street. Why not just steal views from people, you know? And I've had that too. I've had some episodes, even on BitChute, that started to go down where it's like, I saw it was 11,000 and then today it looks like a couple hundred, but where did my 11,000 views go? And then now it's 300. Well, wouldn't, wouldn't it just keep accumulating? You know, does it refresh every month? I don't know. Um, they can't we, keep you down all like they're trying to keep you down. I can't, you know? Yeah, no, no. Recently they hit us quite hard here because uh, they shut down our Patreon as well. And Patreon used to be this beautiful platform for artists, for musicians, for whoever. And it was just backing. But then suddenly I got this, uh, you know, they just shut it down, no warning whatsoever. And they said, please, anything of this value, they were kind enough to send me some links saying this you have to delete. But it was not on the, plat the Patreon platform. It was on my website. It was on my website. They, they said, you have to take away these posts on your own personal website. And it was uh, to uh, one of my testimony to the Corona Investigative Committee with Dr. Rainer Fulmich. That one, what they didn't want to get away with. I mean, I was there for twice. This is the, one of the biggest international courts in the world. And that was what they wanted to hit down. I've, I've put, I've been three to four hour uh, testimonials i was there twice take that away and also another really really mind-blowingly good interview with dr reiner fulmish these were the ones they wanted to delete and so i almost bent over and and thought you know because it was like our, our rent our electricity bill all of that was covered by patreon so hard, hard you know if also if you're in a country you know very little about so anyway so I was thinking about, you know, maybe if I can shut down on the internet these categories so that it looks like we deleted them, they let us, let our account uh, stay there. And then I suddenly slowly add these categories back on again. But then my sweetheart Kim said, absolutely no way are we going to let them control us. This is what they can get from us. We'll sort it out somehow. And thank God for her. So we said, okay, thank you and bless you and fuck off to Patreon. Uh, and uh, regrouped so we're in a process of regrouping the thing is we always come back stronger i tell you every time they slam us because we've been hit so hard so many times we come back stronger so and, and if you and look at say? yeah and if you look at like the mission statement the original mission statement of patreon being like independent artists are falling through the gaps the mainstream media is not picking up all these amazing artists so you know what let's crowdfund it just like go fund mm. me you know let's crowdfund these artists and then whoever wants to support them will oh well not that one they're dangerous oh not dr reiner fulmish because he's gonna destroy the empire oh not he's he's going after davos and davos mm. uh they manage our network or whatever you know whatever it is it's like just can you just stick with integrity to the original anything patreon go fund me take the trucker's money you know, I, I met this uh, journalist, a real journalist, one of the few. They're like, uh, as they're an, an extinct race, almost, I would say now, but a real journalist. He, he had been a journalist for some 40 years. He's been, he had worked for BBC. He had worked for 
I think CNN for some while. I mean, this was a guy that worked for in the beginning of these, uh, when these uh, platforms were still reliable, to, at least to a certain extent. And he had been, oh, he was in, uh, I think, uh, Hong Kong when Snowden uh, was being interviewed and so on. So there are big questions marked everywhere around this, but this guy was the real thing, uh, in my opinion. And when I met him in Denmark, he's an English guy, but he was sitting crying. He was an alcoholic. Uh, you know, he was just like, what the hell happened? What happened? Because where are the real journalists? What, what have happened to them? And he was also one of the founders of Al Jazeera's, you know, this news channel that when it started was amazing. It was just like, wow, we have finally got something high quality, which is actually telling us the truth. That's my opinion. So, but he said that one day uh, he, they were working everything. The whole team was like, yay, we're really doing it. And then one day there were these men in black that came very discreetly, went in to see the chief editor or whatever, the chief blah, blah, blah uh, of the whole channel. They had a private meeting with him. And when they left, the channel suddenly did a 180 degree, totally different, in a totally different direction. And that's where, after that, where he decided to leave it because he said, what the hell happened? So even the people that work there in these places, they're not aware of who's driving the bus, who is directing the focus, who is paying their wages, you know? So it's, it's that, that's why things like your show is really important. Things like myself, I think it's really important. People that dare to try and find out what is actually going on because we are not being told the real truth by the people that should deliver these type of things to us, at least the ones that claim that they're doing it. And human energy and creativity, that's where we win, Ole. That's where we win in creativity because they're not. I mean, I just want to get to this next uh, second. Uh, Prince Andrew, his, his medals were taken away, his military medals that his mom gave him, I guess, one time. And um, so he was asked about Epstein and he's so arrogant but he's an inbred fool. Uh, so he started to just, I think this is hilarious. It's like, Patreon, what are you protecting? What are you protecting? This dummy, Prince Andrew. And in the BBC interview, I mean, the amount of gaffes are just extraordinary. I just want to take a look at this one. Um, I might well wish to, wish to believe it, but there's a, the, the, the photograph is taken upstairs and I don't think I ever went upstairs. Um, uh, in Gulen's house. How do you, you've never been upstairs, that picture with him in Virginia, but that photo was taken upstairs, but you've never went, how would you know what upstairs looks like, Prince Andrew? <laughs> what are you protecting, Patreon? Look at these people, they're, they're asleep at the wheel, they're creepy weirdos. Uh, this is another uh, little clip of Prince Andrew from that BBC interview. Because in a legal deposition, 2015, she said she had sex with me three times. Once in a London house when she was trafficked to you in Maxwell's house. Yes. Once in New York, a month or so later at Epstein's mansion. And once on his private island in a group of seven or eight other girls. I count three no's, one yes, and one no. He said yes in the middle. But, 
But listen, Eric, if you are in a position where you have to lie, I mean, I am the worst liar in the world. I would be totally screwed in an interview like that if I had anything to hide. And here he has so much to hide because not only is it his spot on the line, he is covering, if he if this starts unraveling, it, it, it would be a global scandal. If the real truth gets out around these things, it would be a scandal of a magnitude of a, a nuclear atom explosion. So they have to damage control. They have to shut it down, but they also have to throw some, uh, some bones to us, you know, so that we think, okay, now it's stopped. Now this naughty boy, he was punished. They took away his medal and his lollipop. Did you know? So justice have been served. Absolute bullshit. But so this poor guy who's not a good liar, I don't think he's very intelligent either. I mean, what is he supposed to do? I would sit there and stutter and stutter because I know that I was upstairs. I did all of these other things that I don't want you to know about. I mean, how? So the thing is, you have to look beyond. We're being given because they cannot hide the whole truth. So they, they throw us a bone and say, look at that way. You know, they throw it to the left. So we look there and you, oh, Prince Andrew, he was the one, and Jeffrey Epstein, they were the ones. These two were the only ones, but look at them. Now one is dead and one has been punished. So forget about it, folks. It's so not, it's just a diversion. And so they try all of these other things as well. Boom, bang, boof, you know, and now with alleged wars going on and alleged this and truck convoys and whatever, deception, deception, look here, look there. Heroes, bad guys, whatever you need. Whoa, 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 whoa. This was the worst lie that Prince Andrew did in the whole movie. Record, is there any way you could have had sex with that young woman or any young woman trafficked by Jeffrey Epstein in any of his residences? No. Um, and, and, and without putting too fine a point on it, if you're a man, it is a positive act to have sex with somebody. You have to have to take some sort of positive action. And so therefore, if you try to forget, it's very difficult to try and forget positive action. And I do not remember anything. I can't, I've racked my brain and I'm thinking, oh, well, when the first allegations, when the allegations came out originally, I went, that's a bit strange. I don't remember this. And then I've been through it and through it and through it over and over and over again. So without putting too fine a point on it, it's, it's really, sex is pretty awesome. It's like, what? <laughs> you know? Patreon, you who know, are you supporting? Look, this, these yes. guys got to go. I tell you, in the background, there have been political advisors and uh, advisors around him just saying, shut up, shut up, yeah. shut up. You know, we the had this person really... with the pen is just panicking. Like, we, we yeah. haven't been any of his talking points. Mute, mute, abort, abort. We had the Swedish king was, uh, he had an affair with a Swedish pop star from uh, the Army of Lovers, uh, La Camilla. And it was, uh, it was not a secret at all. But anyway, somebody, I think somebody wrote a book where this was exposed. And the Swedish uh, king was on a hunting trip to shoot turkeys or something like that. Very brave. You know, they go clap, clap, clap. And then he can actually, if he managed to hit one, then it's a big triumph for the country. Anyway, so 
So the whole uh, army of media came to this place where he was. So he went out there to meet them. And they said, so is there any truth to these uh, rumors about you and La Camilla? This guy opened his mouth and he kept talking. It is unbelievable what came out, the level of low intelligence, the level of things that he just gave. The media didn't even ask questions. They were just putting down, just writing down. And I tell you, somebody in the background somewhere was panicking, just shut him up, abort, abort, cut, cut, cut. But they couldn't do it. It was the level of, because also many of these people on that level, I tell you, are not super intelligent. They, they are breeds in inbreeds and inbreeds. I don't mean that in a, I just mean that that's the fact. You know, these royal families have been inbred and swapped. And so cousins are suddenly a husband and whatever, you know, it's like it's only the banjo that is missing sometimes. Look at the, I tell you, look at the painting of the Danish royal family. I'm Danish. If you go back in history, oh my God, somebody in the family was very fond of somebody else in the same family. I can tell you that when you look at what they look like. I mean, like, really, the banjo was the only thing with And it's just so funny, like, the reality is intelligence needs biodiversity. And so these people who are obsessed with their 13 bloodlines, it's like, well, me and these other 13 people should just keep intermarrying to keep all the money in the family. Uh, and then they're, they're so out of touch, uh, you know, and they're all, often drug addicts because they know all the things that they're hiding and it weighs on their consciousness. But then they're doing these ancient, well, let's just really learn more about Baphomet today. It's just like, you know, <laughs> whatever they, they need to fill in the gaps of like, they must be going insane trying to pull off these operations but on us. But also, I think it's a matter of, you know, the people that they normally mingle with are on the same level. And you can speak freely. I mean, I tell you, they will speak absolutely freely about Epstein, about all kinds of rituals. And when did you go to that party? Yay, I did that and this and that. And then suddenly they're confronted by one of us who are, in their opinion, one of a lower level mm -hmm. of on whatever. And they have no real understanding of what we know and what we don't know. So they, it's sort of like, I, I, I shouldn't say anything. Yes, okay, I'm not going to say anything. But sometimes they, they just say things that don't, they don't think is of importance. And we're sitting in the other end, like, what did you just say? What, what was that? Because you know we're... Yeah, uh, I mean, Leo Zagami on Project Camelot said that he ate a baby in ritual, you know, and uh, he said that now he's on Infowars all the time. I'm like, can we just ask like questions one through five? Like, what about that baby you ate? Like, you know, I understand that people need a second chance in life, but a lot of people haven't got a first chance in life. So if you ate a baby, I think you go to the back of the line, not the top of the Illuminati. That's my opinion. Back of the line. Just one baby, you know? Yeah. You got, but also this guy, uh, Leo Zagami, I'm talking like this because I tried to have him on Highway Diary. He, so I sent him my questions on PDF and then he took all my questions and then put them on his own YouTube channel, which I thought it's like this, this vampire vacuum of creative effort. I, I put together one of these uh, and he took the whole thing and went through it on his own YouTube. That ass rude because he didn't want he's too much of a narcissist baby eater to uh, i don't know have a little back and forth with someone that's going to challenge him anyway 
that's my personal opinion about that person. You might have a different opinion, but um, um, he ate a baby. Uh, Satan Con just took place. Speaking of eating babies, February 11th uh, to Sunday, February 13th, Satan Con, a convention of Satan sponsored by the Church of Satan. Um, it was in Phoenix, Arizona, Tucson, Arizona, some, somewhere around there. And it's funny to me that it's Satan con, because I think Satan's going to pull a con job on you. The con of Satan, the great deceiver, not a convention, a con. But anyway, um, from the event page, surgical N9 and N95 masks are required at all times. Proof of vaccination will be required to enter both the conference and the satanic mar uh, marketplace. Uh, I thought it was do us that will shall be the whole of the law. Now you got to be vaccinated. You got to be what, wearing a mask. Hmm. Shows who's behind these operations. Uh, an example of the merchandise at the satanic marketplace. For $100, you can get this cute little statue of Baphomet and two kids. That's a $100 brass statue of Baphomet and two little kids for sacrifice or whatever. Uh, I just feel, you know, the poor souls that felt necessary to go to Satan Con. Uh, I hear it was completely sold out. You couldn't get a ticket. They're so needy for a narrative. They're too insecure to think for themselves. They're probably too injured by the empire to fight it. You know, if you grow up in a house with a single mom and everyone's on drugs and the moral, moral culture around you is shit, then you look for a Baphomet daddy. You know what I'm saying? I, I just feel like that's the kind of people that this would attract. You know, I did a conference together with, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, my God, why can't, why can't I remember his name? This uh, Dutch, um, Dutch banker, Illuminati banker. Ryan, um, I know who you're talking about. Oh my God! Sorry, I can't remember his name. Bernard. Spoken to Bernard. Bernard. Reiner, Arnold uh, Bernard. Uh, no, not Arnold, but uh, yeah, Bernard. Ronald Bernard. Ronald Bernard. Sorry, Ronald. I forgot your name. I don't know. Maybe I should have slept better last night. Anyway, so uh, we had this conference together, and he's a former Illuminati banker. Where he, in the speech that he gave, I found him super, super. I mean, he was honest to a point that it did not serve him. He looked really, really not good. So I really admired his way of, of being that brutally honest because he was saying, talking about some really, really dark stuff. And uh, anyway, after the, at the end of the conference, there was Q&As from the audience, but then one in the, in the audience said, why don't you ask each other questions? So you, and I said, wait, I like that one. So I was looking into his eyes at the whole time when we were, giving each other questions. And it, I found that really interesting because the eyes of this person was very innocent, almost boyish, like, uh, you know, uh, and the things that he had been going through was very dark. But what he was saying, because I, I said, in the old days, when you were sort of on the other side, when you looked at someone like me, how, what did you see? And he said, I said, did, he said, the enemy. Okay. And I said, so good or bad? He said, very bad. I said, okay, so good or evil? He said evil. So what I represent is evil for them. 
what they represent is evil for us. And so we are sort of striving up this one to the bearded guy in the cloud. We, that is where we try to go and we try to make ourselves better and, you know, compassion, forgiveness, kindness, all of these things. They are striving that way. I mean, it's the, it's the opposite powers of plus and minus in the universe or dark and light. And so they are striving downwards. And I also think that when you look at the so-called power pyramid, the Illuminati, they say that they're top of the pyramid. Yes, but what they forget to tell you is that the pyramid is actually aimed downwards. They are the bottom of the bottom. And so uh, when you look at what's going on, it's like, so I said, so are these people, do they see themselves as evil? He said, absolutely not. They see you as evil. Okay. So I said, so can they love? I say, he said, yes. And I said, so how do they show love? He said, through pain. I was like, what? What are you saying? Yes. So he, so he said, yes. And one of the ways, for instance, when they love their children, it's through torture. And he started talking about these things. I was just like, please, please. It was too much for me. You know, he was talking about electrified uh, uh, iron, iron, you know, like, uh, oh, God, it was just awful. And he said, that is love from that's how they express love. So I just, you know, I've been my whole life, I've been trying to figure out how do they think because I don't get it. You know, I don't get the mindset at all. And uh, so here was an, an uh, interesting point of view. And also, I, I interviewed uh, for uh, CIA, former CIA uh, assassin, Chip Tatum, a, a whistleblower. And, and I mean, he was George Bush Sr.'s private hitman. He was part of taking out 14 people in what was called, uh, uh, he was commander for the Pegasus uh, outfit. Anyway, so... When I said, I asked him about the mindset of these things, because I said, I just don't get it. And he said, it's very easy. The reason you don't understand that mindset is because you are not a psychopathic killer. If you were, these things would make absolute perfect sense to you. So I've given up on trying to understand. I've, I've just, okay, fine. I'll never get to understand that. I also know psychopaths are born without these things as empathy and, and so on. So we can't really blame them. They're just being them. But we can blame ourselves when we let individuals like that get into absolute power position over us to control us in so many different areas of life. Talk about the pyramid being upside down. Jesus said that it's harder for a rich man. Uh, a rich man getting into heaven is like a camel going through the eye of a needle. And if you think about it like this, all the rich people are at the top. Well, their their path to any kind of bliss or eternal salvation. But that could be propaganda to say that if you're in the you know poor classes, that you should just suffer your whole life for the empire. So I don't know. It, it's hard to say. Um, uh, well, when a man has sex, he feels great. Anyway, sorry, that was just Prince Andrew dancing around my head. These people are crazy. <laughs> it's like, did he just say that? When a man has sex, it's awesome. Well, wait a minute. He, just, he saw a picture of Virginia, and that's what it, uh, came out of his head. Um, but it just seems like childhood trauma, you know, when you function then as an adult, you're, it's just more narcissism. Because nobody's looking after your well-being as a child. Someone should not have electric shocked you. Someone should have stepped in an adult in the room and say, maybe let's not electrically shock our Illuminati child. So then if nobody 
is looking out for your well-being, you have to look ruthlessly out for your own well-being. And this psychopathic narcissism that's induced, you know, I think uh, I was diagnosed as codependent, you know, like you're too codependent, you know, my therapist was like, I was like, I don't think you know about love anyway. Uh, but, but when you're codependent with each other, then you have humanity and we all rise together. But when everyone's narcissism, because they're looking for a father figure in Baphomet or Satan, and, uh, you know, because nobody took care of them. You see what I'm saying? This is kind of my theory and how that psychologically works out. Um, Satan con. Ah, uh, you poor souls. And oh, so you have to get the mark of the beast and a digital vaccine identity to get in. Okay, that's interesting. Ugh. But but when you look at is, I think it's just like uh, what you are uh, aiming at. You know, we we're looking at individuals. If they're not born psychopaths, they will be destroyed into sociopaths, so that they will be able to continue the empire. You will see that in organized crime families. You will see that in royal families. You will see them in these different inbreeds of families that they will, they need out of love to destroy them. And they do it in, in absolute horrific ways to be able to continue the lineage. So uh, poor, I feel awful for some of these people because they, they, they have been messed up and they're acting messed up and they're doing messed up things. And uh, it's just business as usual. Let's look at the prognosis of an archon of the empire. This is uh, Nancy Pelosi the other day. We're, we're, you know, we're, this shouldn't take long to get. The other thing that we're getting are we're sending stuff over to the Senate. Well, most of the product that we've done is so now we, we may have added in the last day or so. And some of what we added is Senate to the bill, like a hearing. Bernie doesn't like hearing. Excuse me. Bernie loves hearing. <laughs> Mansion doesn't want hearing in the bill wasn't. Um, so some may send oriented and then we had the family medical leave. The thing is they're putting things in and we can put them in, if, even if Mansion doesn't like it. So um, uh, so we are getting some bird and privilege. I think I think most of we're getting privilege scrub because privilege drug is deadless to a bill. Vertical is important. It's you have to take it out, but privilege violation can take you. Up. The Speaker of the House, Ole Demogard. That's a Speaker of the House. It was hard for me to hear what she was saying, so I didn't really get it. Okay, maybe I'll turn it up for the next. Well, it, it seemed like she was drunk and slurring, so that was part of the audio problem. But she was like, and then we, we're going to put this in the bill, but then Bernie doesn't like this, and um, so we're going to take this out. This It has to go to the Senate, and then, so then we have to go. Uh, I mean, it was, I was more articulate than she was, so. But this is uh, the beauty of when people get drunk. This is the beauty of when people get nervous. They start uh, telling the truth, you know. And also, the truth has this incredible way of just coming forward. Like, uh, suddenly people are saying, oh, what was that? It was the truth because uh, it, it just wants to come forward. So these are golden nuggets for us when, when because in normal 
life when they're in control and they got the teleprompters and they got the advices in the background, they will tell us what we want to hear. They will not tell us the truth. And then suddenly in these situations, blah, 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 and out it comes. Um, so Pelosi's trying to tell everybody what's going on with the Ukraine. I'll turn this up so you can hear, hopefully. <laughs> So sorry, there was a lot of cameras going off probably to cover her, but she was like, and then Hungary is next to Crimea, which is next to Turkey and Poland. And then I looked at a map and nothing she was saying was accurate. But it just seems like they come from these CIA things where they go, okay, well, if they move in here, like they're playing chess with countries on the other side of the world. Well, like, you know, I've played Risk before, you know, you take your little horsey and you move it into the Asia or whatever, you know. Uh, and it's like, I think that the CIA guys are like, okay, well, as soon as we do this and this domino is going to fall just to manufacture consent for an endless military and industrial complex. And what she's saying here is just such nonsense. Well, if you look at this country, well, if that one, then we'll take that and that and this and that. And it's, ugh, it's just disgusting. I think, uh, uh, you know, when you look at uh, COVID, that is one of the, if not the biggest psychological operation ever. And I think now the Ukraine is uh, the biggest psychological operation number two ever that is trying to take over and divert the attention away from psychological operation number one, but where the Ukraine, it's an absolute, I tell you, psychological operation. What we are being told is absolutely not the truth. I do not believe that Russia has anything to do with it. This is an attack from the, uh, the New World Order, the World Economic Forum, the fourth industrial revolution, hitting uh, the Ukraine, from the inside, I mean, the attacks, at least the, the info I've been given from people inside Ukraine is that it's actually the Ukrainian army that is attacking the Ukraine, that is keeping the Russian army away from trying to help and assist. If you, as I'm saying, if you control the media outlet, you can control so many things. And I also think, the thing is also that, you know, I, I find these clues, I found so many clues. That's why my, my last name has become a verb. Predicting, they are putting it out in the forensic evidence where they're going to hit next. And I, in my uh, newsletter from November online on conspiracies.com, I pointed out next one is Kazakhstan. I have no idea, but they're pointing towards Kazakhstan. And then the next one in December, the Ukraine, they're going to go for Ukraine. So they are not Russia. They are these the ones that leave these clues. I call them global tool of terror. We're talking NATO. It's the new world order tool of terror of death and destruction. They are leaving these clues. So when you look at the setup here, first we had uh, the in Washington there was this press conference where they say we've just found out that Russia is planning a false flag attack on the Ukraine. That's what they went out to say at this press conference. What does that mean? A false flag attack is where the attacked one is actually the attacker. 
the attacked one is actually the attacker. It's the exact opposite. So if that would be true, if Russia was planning a false flag attack on Ukraine, Russia would pretend to be attacked by Ukraine and then invading Ukraine out of self-defense. That is not what we see here at all. So instead, also with these pointers toward the Ukraine before, <clears throat> what we're looking at is an attack. It is a false flag attack, but it's Ukraine attacking Ukraine, but it's not Ukraine. It is the, the new world order. You, when you look at uh, the Davos Young Global Leaders, this is a dead interesting one, where you see that Putin was one of them in 92. You had Zelensky, who is the, the pr uh, prime minister of, of the Ukraine right now. He, uh, he uh, graduated in 2000 from the Young Global Leaders, Trudeau, uh, Angela Merkel, uh, Richard Branson, uh, my, uh, the, the French president, the Belgian president, the Dutch, uh, the Danish and the Swedish royal family members. I, I and these young leaders are so many are from Saudi, from Israel. All, but when you see the positions of these people that are coming from that family, the world economic family, now being enemies, really, really. And Zelensky... The, the prime minister of, of the Ukraine right now, he's a former stand-up comedian and an, and an art, uh, what do you call it? Uh, he, had a, he had his own show that went on for some five years called Serving the People, where he was playing himself's future role. You know, he was playing himself as in the, as in the future. Also, he'd done all kinds of bizarre stuff, you know, in high heel, sexy, transsexual videos, like bizarre stuff, but his wife, uh, this premier's wife is a screenwriter. So what, what else do you need? Somebody that can act out a role to say stuff and do stuff. And then you have the enemy, if Putin is the real thing, or if Putin is a graduate of the World Economic Forum, because if he is, then you got two opposites that are on the same side. And also Putin, I, uh, I heard an interview with an MI6 agent years ago, years, years and years ago. And he said that when he was young and being trained at the, uh, as an MI6 agent in England, one of the other agents being trained was Putin. So what are we looking at? You got Boris Johnson. His dad was MI6. You can go to the documentary about Boris Johnson. His dad was MI6. So many times they're like this. Doom, 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 doom. And then we have this whole illusion of, of deception of what's going on. Because if, if it's okay, if I can ramble on a little bit, um, I think there's a whole different thing going on. Because when you look at one of the things that these dark forces seem to really fear, it seems to be Bitcoin. If Bitcoin is what it appears to be, then Bitcoin is decentralized, which is exact opposite of what they have, these dark forces have been fighting to and trying to construct for so many years, which is the power to fewer and fewer and fewer centralized power. That is what they want. Here, Bitcoin, at least officially, if it's not an ambush, because I don't know who's behind Bitcoin, it is the exact opposite. So when you look at, let me take you back to uh, 2021 in Florida, Miami, Florida, there was the biggest uh, Bitcoin uh, conference ever. There was some 12,000 attendees and it was a super, super uh, successful event. After that, El Salvador, Panama, Paraguay and 
the Ukraine went on and said, we are going to make Bitcoin legal tender. We're going to be the first ones in the world to do that. Boom. So uh, right after that, I think it was on the 8th of June, 2021, uh, El Salvador made a law saying we're going to do it. And in September of 2021, they actually did it. So Paraguay was right after saying, yes, let's go for it. Let's go for it. So what happened? Just a few weeks, a week later, there was this compartment building, apartment building in Miami, Florida that just collapsed, went boom, straight down, controlled demolition, 100%. I even have footage of the controlled demolition. Among the victims were the sister-in-law of the president. It was her, her husband, and their three kids were among the three. So suddenly, Paraguay got sort of second thoughts. I cannot say that it's guaranteed that these things are connected, but in my world, that looks a lot like there could be an, uh, a fear, uh, you know, management by fear slap, you know, you can't hit the president, but you can hit somebody he loves. That is a mafia method that they always use. So Paraguay. Well, the, men in black walk, the men in black walking into Al Jazeera going, uh, this is how it is and change course. And next question is, and then apartment falls up. There, oh there you go. And then. <clears throat> Uh, after that, because it seems like these third world countries, these small countries are the ones that see, have the most to gain by Bitcoin because it's a way for them to get out of the grip of the World uh, Bank and the uh, International Monetary Fund, the Federal Reserve. So these are the ones that are really trying to go for it. <clears throat> so in um, fast forward, we have then in January, uh, on, almost on the anniversary of the alleged Capitol Hill uh, storming, which I predicted one week before it happened. Uh, in November, I predicted Kazakhstan, not knowing why Kazakhstan, but uh, why they were aiming for Kazakhstan. But Kazakhstan is an interesting place because it is where the New World Order have for some 20 odd years been building a new capital city called Astana, which is absolutely Freemasonic on steroids. I mean, there's everything there, empty buildings, empty pyramids, empty, all of these things. So when, when, when they went in there, the first thing they did almost was to shut down the internet. And the thing is, Kazakhstan were on the seventh play position when it came to Bitcoin mining in the world, a major power for Bitcoin. And so when they shut down the internet, boom, Bitcoin started going straight down. Now, Ukraine is also on top 10 in the world when it comes to Bitcoin mining. And the Ukraine had just uh, taken, they were in the process of taking an old nuclear power station and turning it into a Bitcoin mining center, which would be an enormous power thing in the Bitcoin month. And then, boom, in came the attack on the Ukraine. So what is actually going on here? And I also want to point out here, if I can ramble on a little bit, these false like operations, just like, you know, with the Nobel uh, Prize that they use, the Albert Nobel was, he was the guy that invented dynamite. And so he, here's a guy who's giving out peace prices, the guy that actually invented dynamite, really, I mean, it doesn't really make sense. But what they're doing is they're giving credit to different things that some people that are the real thing are given a million dollars or whatever, for good inventions. Other people, they're giving like Henry Kissinger was given the, uh, or he was nominated for the uh, the Nobel Peace Prize. What the hell is that? One of the worst war criminals ever in the history of the world. Obama for things to come. So it's a cover-up. 
So here, what they're trying to give is cred in the wrong direction. So here around these false flags, I will bring it back, but here around these false flags are these photos that are being shared everywhere showing this is what is happening. Or is it really? Because we're back to deception again. <clears throat> so one of the things they do is through Associated Press and Reuters, which are both uh, Rothschild, are pumping out these images of this is happening, this is happening. Or is it, is my question. Because what they do is every single time, like when there was the uh, Stockholm truck attack, for instance, it was the uh, photo of the year was given to an absolute crap photo. It was a, not a good photo at all. That is the this year's best photo. Really? No, it's giving credit to the photographer that was on location taking photos on that. Then you had, there was an, uh, an alleged assassination of a Russian ambassador some years ago, 2016. That was the year, that was the photo of the year to another photographer that was delivering these type of things. Then this time, there's this um, guy, his name, uh, fudge, what is his name? It's a, a, a Ukrainian photographer that also took photos from uh, the MH17, um, the plane that went down in the Ukraine, they say, where suddenly all of these uh, uh, experts in H, uh, HIV and AIDS that was about to expose the whole shebang that was behind uh, HIV and AIDS which is a totally creative one, just like the Corona, connected to the same people, connected to Fauci, connected to all of these, they went down there. And so this photographer took photos of this alleged crash, that is a very mysterious crash, and won the best photo of the year. Now the same dude is here again in the Ukraine, pumping out photos, some of them taken from computer games called Armor 3 direct computer in, like uh, data uh, games, but he it's his signature underneath. And photos where you see, oh, this man is sitting crying over his teenage son. And, you know, there's this uh, thing where the body is lying. You see underneath the blanket, there's nothing. It's flat like an, it's a box or something like that. And, and all, look at these photos that keep coming up of the same photographers and you will see some of them are there to point the diversion in a specific point. And I also want to point, thank you having the patience for me rambling out. There's an incredible movie called Wag the Dog, Wag the Dog with Robert De Niro and Dustin Hoffman. Uh, Woody Harrelson is in it and also, um, what's the name? Uh, I can't remember the singer. But uh, Waylon Jennings, no, that's not him. But anyway, in it, they show you how they do it. The movie uh, uh, scenario is that there is a scandal in the White House about to erupt. So they call in Robert De Niro saying, he's a fixer. Please help us, help us. So he said, get the president out of the way. We need a major diversion. So what they do is they start creating a war, but the war is only in media. So how do they do that? They start by calling together press conferences saying, just so you know, there's absolutely no truth to the aggression towards the, uh, the US from Albania. There's no truth to these war things. There's no war preparation going on whatsoever. And by the way, anything that you hear about the new B3 bomber is not true. There is no war in Albania. There is no B3 bomber. There is no, but the press is like, what, what? 
are we going to war with Albania? And then through the White House, they activate all of these, the Navy, the Army, all of them on standby. There's nothing happening. But the media finds out, oh, my God, the Navy SEALs are on standby. The Navy, this, oh, my God. So they start spinning. And then uh, uh, Rob De Niro, the fixer, gets hold of Dustin Hoffman, says, we need some green screen footage. We need this and that and some effects and a psychological man, uh, operation maneuver that can uh, uh, affect the mind of the, of the nation, gather them together in this crisis of this war that does not exist. In the background, Albania is standing shouting, there's nothing happening. We're not doing anything. Who's listening to them? Because if you control the media outlet, you can control the whole thing. And so I strongly believe that what we're seeing in the Ukraine is a massive deception, but it's an attack of the, the World Economic Forum, which is just another name for the world, New World Order indirectly. Also, all of these, uh, these companies that are now attacking the US, no, sorry, the attacking Russia, pulling back, pulling back, pulling back. What is that? It's Davos. Davos, the World Economic Forum is saying, let's move out. Well, I don't know. Is there any evidence that like people in my government, Ole Demogard, are just compromised mouthpieces of the World Economic Forum? Keep government open. We intend, we have to do those imminently, uh, and, and more imminently even uh, to address the full Obama agenda of building back better with, and I love to say, building back better. Oh, crap. That's Nancy Pelosi using the World Economic Forum's tagline. And he gets the president wrong. She gets the president wrong, too. She says Obama. Really, Biden's in there. Uh, and you were saying about the the young global leaders, Klaus Schwab uh, admits he's bragging. He's out there holding press conferences, bragging about all the penetra all the uh, cabinets that he's penetrated. And mention our names like Mrs. Merkel, uh, even uh, Vladimir Putin, and so on. They all have been young global leaders of the world economy forum. But um, what we are very proud of now is a young generation like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, President uh, of, uh, of uh, Argentina and so on. So we penetrate the cabinets. So yesterday I was at a, at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau and I would know that half of this cabinet or even more half of, uh, half of this cabinet are so hmm, that's weird a german banker is uh penetrating the cabinets of sovereign nations what could go wrong what could go right <laughs> so um uh, I'll be honest about this, Ole Demogar. I, I was a German exchange student, and uh, during that time, I, I actually met the son of Klaus Schwab, who he's been terrorizing me. He's just an awful elitist person. He comes over, he tortures me. Um, but uh, he said something about the young global leaders. I just want to play this clip here. This is Klaus Schwab Jr. about the young global leaders. 109 nations have been penetrated by the World Economic Forum's Young Global Leaders Program. 
my father has always taught me that a farm is like a harem if you have an open mind process. As above, so below. So before you can learn how to make penetrations of a country, you must first learn how to make penetrations of the donkey. And I have this cucumber to condition the donkey that this is pleasurable for him. Why don't you have a little suck on this, you slut? Oh my God, he's just disgusted, Close Junior. But uh, you know, is is that for real? That's uh, that's Close that Junior. It sounded like a stand-up. <laughs> I mean, the thing, you can't make this crap up. It's like Monty Python on steroids. It's like... Uh... Um, so, uh, Klaus Schwab Jr., uh, he performed with Sam Tripoli um, April 9 and 10 of 2021, about a year ago. That's when uh, he came back into my life, actually. And at this time, I uh, wrote a handwritten note to the headquarters of the World Economic Forum saying, I, uh, Klaus Schwab and me are going to destroy you because you, so you, your ideas are awful and you sound like this to me. Um, so this is uh, Klaus Jr., his, um, his idea of what's going on with Biden. Now we are, we're on like the third Joe Biden clone. We all, when, we, when we made a copy of his brain, it was after he already had the brain surgery for the aneurysm. And then we made copies of this brain when he was like retarded. And then now we are at like the third retarded. You make a copy of a VHS. Yeah, I can. And then the copy of the copy. And then it's really good for us because he has all these war crimes. And then when he goes on the podium and they ask him about this, he has, I have no idea about this. No, he's retarded. So it's a good strategy for us because he doesn't know what he did like two bodies ago. Yeah, or even two minutes ago. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I understand. What, what is your opinion of Biden? What is going on? This was their nuclear option. They, they just go, oh, well, you know, just like how you were saying that guy, he goes on a turkey hunt. He's probably on cocaine. He comes out the cab, the cabin. You know, all the reporters are there. He just starts spilling his guts about this affair. Um, they have an interesting strategy where they have uh, it's an Alzheimer's patient. Being the head of the empire, because. He can only read the teleprompter for two minutes at a time. They got to pump him full of adrenochrome to be sentient. I mean, are we going to ever go back to a president, you know, in his early 40s, like Kennedy, you know? Where's this going? I think, I think with the young global leaders, there's a very good chance that they can come out very young. <laughs> probably that's the that's the new trend. I mean, look at the Finnish prime minister also, who's the young global leaders. So many are women. So many are uh, young. The Danish as well. I mean, it's like they come out in their forties, uh, 40, 45, because it's like problem reaction solution. You have old senile individuals that is no that you build up that problem. So people in the end are, oh my God, we need we need a solution to this, and boom. What do you know? A solution. We have a young Trudeau that comes in and looks like a movie star. We have a young this one. We have a young that one. We have a young one. That's the solution. Also, because they need to reach the teenagers. They need to uh, get 
youngsters that are no longer interested in politics or what's going on, they're just into their computer games and they don't care. But here too, they're trying to reach these as well. Also, many of the alleged mass shootings have had superhero themes, you know, the Batman shooting, the Spider-Man shooting, the the uh, Spider-Man in France, you had the Robocop thing in, in Melbourne, you had the uh, you even had the Christchurch shooting, which was based on a computer game. The whole, the whole setup, how they filmed that was straight from a computer game. And now you got images from computer games in the Ukraine. What do you know? So deception, deception, smoke and mirrors. That is, we're behind the, the mirror. You know, black is white and white is black. Welcome to the world of the CIA, Mossad. War of deception. That is the motto of the Mossad. Listen to the words. War of deception. That is what we're up against. So it's like this, you know. Um, Klaus Jr. Even the, the, oh, sorry. It, but is this Klaus Jr. for real or is it you imitating someone? That is, <laughs> that is. I'm going to end this broadcast right now. That's misinformation, Ole Demogar. Um, he said something interesting about the Nuremberg trials. Yeah, so the, the vaccinations, I was getting to this. So let's, uh, can I talk about the Nuremberg Code real quick? Um, oh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't exist anymore, but yeah. Um, yeah, so the Nuremberg Code 1, it's really important for us as the Illuminati to say, this is the most important thing for you to look out for as a peasant, and then do it anyway, because you're stupid. As in Nuremberg Code 1 after World War II, <laughs> that we won actually, the Nazis. And we made the Nuremberg Code of what is naughty to do in the future. And it's in regards to medical experimentations, the voluntary consent of the human subject is absolutely essential for you. This means that the person involved should have able to exercise free power of choices without interventions of any element of false fraud, deceit, duress, overreaching, or the ulterior form of constraint or coercion. Would you shall have sufficient knowledge, comprehension of the elements of the subject matter involved as to enable the peasant to make an understanding and an enlightened decision. So, but the government never made this lie. We just subcontract the uh, propaganda that we own. I mean, the CNN, I mean, the mainstream news. And we make coercions of private citizens who are able to make coercions of the peasants. Oh, it seems like you just kind of, it's, it's refreshing to get one guy who's honest out there, you know, but I, I just don't like his agenda, to be honest, you know. I like his, his honesty, but I don't like his message at all. Um, I want you to touch more on this. This is Klaus Schwab Jr.'s um, idea of what's going on with the Ukraine. You were, tying, you were kind of saying it's a wag the dog situation, it's a fake war. This is one thing that Klaus Jr., you know, he's a source, you know, but. Uh, Hello, my slaves, it's your favorite oligarch, Klaus Schwab Jr. I have the green screen up because we are going to start a war, digital war. Oh, we have lots of graphics set up. When this all started because how Putin said, I don't want uh, the NATO in the Ukraine. Well, we say, blah, 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 and we bring the NATO in the Ukraine. And then how Putin said, I don't want the NATO in the Ukraine. Blah, 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 blah. We put the NATO in the Ukraine. And then he said, no, I'm kind of serious about this. No, NATO in the Ukraine. Blah, 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 blah. And then he files a missile. And then we're like, where's the victim? Oh, no, why are you doing this, how Putin? Now we can start a war with the slush fund for you. <laughs> Bye, my slaves.
anyway, so kind of a mixture of what you were saying with the green screen setup. But um, I do remember now, I don't know, like now everything Putin says now that we he's been exposed as a young global leader and maybe Klaus thinks he has more power over him than doesn't. Um, but my friend Ben Fulford said that Putin died years ago and then they keep having a new actor play the part of Putin over and over again, which I think is very possible. So then that goes to the theory that he's a controlled person and these are chess pieces. Um, But yeah, I remember him saying that that was a policy he had with the UN that he didn't want NATO around. What are you getting a sense? Are there any actual geopolitical real actions here or you just think that this clearly the news is using this thing of the ukraine to distract from people like reiner fulmish and uh you know taking it to them and if his court case goes through it would mean a restructuring of government entirely you know i always you know i keep my eye on the southern district of new york which had the glenn maxwell trial but kept the engineers and architects of 9-11 truth out paying them lip service for years and years people like richard gage and stephen jones so they go yeah we don't want to do that let's put galane up and talk about hand jobs for two months in the southern district of new york oh it was just hand job it was just prince andrew and epstein and they're both dead so or you know one was that his medals taken away one commits suicide and we'll send uh galane maxwell lady galane to club mad or something um but you know so uh what's going on with the ukraine is it all green screen anything real what do you think definitely distraction I have absolutely no idea. And uh, I think it's outrageous to say the things that I'm saying because it seems so real. When you look at the the amount of information that we are being pumped with, at the same time, I tell you, this uh, all of the red alerts. I mean, <clears throat> I've spent some 40 years breathing down the neck of these operations. And with this one, I just get, burp, 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 you know, Red alert, red alert, red alert, something is so wrong. But what you do is that you need to control the people on location as well. So how do you do that? Most people in a scary situation will stay at home. You know, they will bunker down, especially if they hear explosions and guns going off outside. So what will they do? They will turn on the TV and or the radio to find out what is going on. So once again, if you control the media and that uh, you can tell them whatever you want, you can tell them that that bomb that just exploded outside your house because there was a bomb was from the Russian military who's standing wherever. <clears throat> But that bomb could very well be a NATO bomb that just got delivered. And, and neutral Sweden just delivered like 5,000 panzer uh, you know, ammunition, anti-tank ammunition thing. That's very kind of a so-called uh, neutral country. Suddenly, We're staying out the of whole, it. We're staying out of it. We're staying out of it by supplying you with weapons. I mean, and ammo and all of that. That's so kind once again. Sweden, I tell you, is... It's so major in these things. There's a, spe- a Swedish family called Wallenberg, whose motto is to rule without visibility, not non vidiri. That family is key in so many of these companies. <clears throat> I would suggest also in BlackRock and Van- Vanguard, where these companies, you, you do, no one really knows who owns them or who's behind them, but they, this family is very, very central in the whole development of 5G and, and telecommunications. They own Ericsson. 
in ABB, which controlled companies that controlled electricity in more than 180 countries, mining. I mean, they're all over the place in, uh, at the moment here. And also they've been major in the Ukraine for many, many years. The Ukraine is also where the Kasarian Mafia's roots comes from. So it's, it's not just a country, it's also what was called the breadbasket of Europe controlling food in a massive amount, you know? So if you control that area, if you take it over, you can, because it's never ever just for one reason. When they make big operations, it's for multiple reasons, you know? So controlling the food, we've seen how, they how they're trying to create food shortage everywhere, shutting down this and this. And also where so sadly this whole truck convoy thing is absolutely their game where all of these beautiful people are following the piper, burr, 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 helping them to destroy it. Instead of what we should do is say, fuck all of these stops and regulations in the harbors, open them up, get the, uh, the ships unloaded and get the trucks on the road to deliver food, to deliver all these things. But by, by obstructing and, and blocking, we just play their game. It's even in The Simpsons, you know, it's really sad because I applaud all of these uh, when, when ordinary great people are standing up saying, we are really going to make a difference. Yes, but you have to find out who are you serving. I think that is a massive deception, this whole trucker thing. So what was the question? Ukraine, what is going on? I, I only know that the official narrative, absolute bullshit. That is so not true. The, I also want to say that how do we know that Putin is actually a world global leader? We have a video where Klaus Schwab is saying, and Putin is, a, he can very well be saying that to disable anyone, a real enemy, just by saying he's one of ours. And uh, then we have a YouTube video and we buy it. Okay, he's one of theirs. We can't trust him. Maybe he is the real thing. I don't know. Maybe he, you know, many times, People are put into power, like the Shah of Iran, for instance. He was a puppet to start with. And then things happen in 74. The whole oil situation in the world changed. And suddenly he was selling oil when everybody else was shutting it down, making an absolute fortune. So he started becoming big-headed and say, fuck off. I'm going to do this my way. So a puppet suddenly stood up and said, I'm going to do my own thing. Just like... Uh, Kennedy also came to power with the help of the mob. And then after the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis and uh, the Bay of Pigs, he said, fuck it, I'm going to do, I'm going to stand up and do my thing. Maybe Putin is doing the same thing here. And that's why Russia is being hit so hard now, where we're being deceived to think, no, he's one of the world uh, economic forums, the young global leaders. Is he really or is he not? It's very hard. And then people say, well, I've listened to all the speeches. I've gone through all of the speeches word by word with what Trump was saying, what Putin is saying. They've got script, they've got uh, speech writers. You know, Ted, uh, Kennedy had Ted Sorensen, who was a, a magic, magician with words. So many of the things we think, oh, Kennedy was so smart. No, he read, this is it, ba, 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 ba. Yeah. The same with all of these, uh, Biden doesn't say what Biden says, Obama didn't say. Why do you think Obama was like, he read, I mean, this beautiful man, beautiful man, beautiful voice, actions of hell, from hell. And the, why was he always, my fellow American citizens, 
today I have stuff to say to you that will sound very important, but it's actually not. Teleprompters, teleprompters, this is the thing, you know, this, 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 it's not that they are really good, you know, looking at everybody in the audience, they're looking at teleprompters and saying whatever, they're just puppets saying whatever is needed to be said. So we have to become aware of where we're being played, folks. We are being played on a level that the world has never, ever seen again. This is, I think, the dark empire's final attempt to take power because it's falling apart. Millions of people are waking up on a daily basis just saying, I'm not taking my 14th booster. I've had enough. This doesn't make any sense. You know, enough is enough. Yeah, and so... so I, the truckers, I just have a different opinion. I feel like they, Trudeau, tried to just mandate vaccines for truckers, and they just said, fuck no, and they drove to Ottawa, saying no. And then what does Trudeau do? He hides in his castle like a bitch. These, these truckers will beat the shit out of him, and they should. Because I think that Klaus Schwab learned from Obama. Oh, let's put a handsome guy in there. So they got Trudeau, who looks beautiful. He's a, you know probably the son of Castro. And uh, he probably was birthed on a pentagram. Like they had three babies, you know, two were eight. And then he was the prime minister of Canada in the future and went to brainwash at the young global leaders or whatever, and then came back and they got a great suit on him. They got all the best writers. But the problem with, I mean, it's not the writer, it's the message. It's, you know, it's, does this make sense? Uh, and when Klaus Schwab tries to, you know, put everything in his teleprompter when he's a creepy weirdo who dresses like Emperor fucking Palpatine, uh, the wheels come out. It's like you can't just fill up everyone's teleprompter and go, well, we'll, we'll just get someone local, do the local propaganda. You know, in Hawaii, they'll talk about pineapples for two minutes before they talk about the boosters. And, you know, you know, whatever. I, I saw this uh, thing. He talked to Janet Yellen, the Federal Reserve chair. Uh, and. Oh my God, did she just talk nonsense? I listened to it for 30 minutes and she goes, and as these challenging global markets, new markets rise, and then we got it, this can't exacerbate unemployment. And just, it was drivel. It was just, she said nothing for 30 minutes. And then I go, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I was harvesting clips for this, but I couldn't even use anything. It was so boring. It, they, they just talk around saying anything so that they just stay in control of power. You know, <laughs> they first of all, the trucker thing. I so hope that you're right, uh, because what I'm seeing is really sad when when real people are really trying to make a difference. So I super much hope that you're correct and I'm wrong. When it comes to these other uh, individuals, what I find interesting is that in certain countries, as far as I know in Sweden as well, when uh, a, a minister of some sort, you know, the foreign minister or whatever, when they've served their term and their re-election times, they're not allowed to be re-elected at doing what they were just successfully doing. And they're not allowed to be skilled in the area of the area that they're being elected, meaning that they're putting people that know nothing about finances as head of finances. They're putting people that have no idea, absolutely no idea about energy in the, what is that? I mean, shouldn't it be like, okay, we are a nation of people here. Some are skilled, some are in certain areas, some are clever in certain areas. Why don't we just, I mean, this is a revolutionary idea, Eric. Why don't we take the best guy 
he or she to solve in that area? Why don't we take the best of the best to deal with that? Why don't we, like in a chef program, I mean, one is better than the other ones. Let's have the one that can make really good food and not me, who's an absolute loser in the kitchen. No, they do the exact opposite. They take people. And so we have like interviews with people like the, I saw this uh, interview not long ago that sounded a lot like yours, but it was in Sweden. It was about the, the energy situation in Sweden. And the, the minister of energy in Sweden didn't even know how many nuclear power plants there was in Sweden. She had no idea. 12, 15, no, sorry. You are the one in charge. You should be knowing a lot more than I. No, she didn't really know. She didn't know how many she did. You know, these are just nice image, a photo of an image put there to say stuff to keep us distracted. They have no clue because they're not running a show. And I don't think dear Mr. Klaus, Dr. Evil Schwab is any type of leader either he's just a mouthpiece as well in front he, he even looks like dr evil you know the whole where's the white cat i mean he is not the real thing either he just uh, this guy is also just a player but yeah. it's behind the scenes who are pulling the strings that is where you have to go i know i, I don't do a good impression of uh <laughs> but um if i did uh it, it seems like it's pretty easy to do just just do the yeah, like, yeah, it's strange that he doesn't have the mustache i think they they sort of they went for star wars instead that type of image um so you met a, a buddy of mine charlie robinson at a conference or something and then he yeah. says listen i got a, i got ole in the bar we started drinking we started talking about operation gladio and um i also saw this whole thing that uh, another interview you did with mr fetzer about your upbringing and i didn't know that your father went from living in a van to the head of the gladio or you didn't it no. was a very mysterious uh stuff going on with your dad very shadowy ties you, you just yeah. came across things that he was in the u.s air force and you're like what he never said anything about that it's it's very important for me to reverse the tape because you said things that was not Sorry. true well, Please correct. correct there <laughs> no it's uh I, I grew up in a family where I thought we had one life. Uh, and then a few years ago in 2017 or something like that, my, di my dad died in 92 and my mother died in 2013. And in 2017, I think it was uh, one night I woke up with, with my dad coming to me in a dreams. And, and the only thing I remember was him saying, the key is in the ring. The key is in the ring. So I, I woke up like, the key is in the ring. The key is in the ring. I woke up my sweetheart saying, the key is in the ring. She said, what key? I said, I had no idea. So, but when my dad died, uh, I was with him. I used to be very scared of him. I used to hate him at times. But when he, the last four years of his life, we sort of found each other. And I was the one who sat next to him when he died. And on him, the only thing he had was a ring, a silver ring that he had his whole life. I mean, I have photos from him you, uh, from the 50s and almost always with the same ring. And that was the only thing I wanted to inherit from him. That was the only thing that I wanted. And so I got the ring and I never really looked at it. It was just my dad's ring. So after this dream, I was like, whoa. I, so I found the ring and I, for the first time, I really looked at it. And that was a U.S. Navy, no, U.S. Air Force ring, which is very, very odd to say the least. 
when he was a Danish citizen. How on earth did he have one of those? And also the, the rock in it, uh, is, it's an amethyst, which is purple. And so I started looking into what, what year does this come from, but it's very worn, so I couldn't find the real year because the uh, US Air Force have sort of a new edition of these rings every year. But it goes back to 40s, 50s, there somewhere. And the, the purple is always representing, as far as I understand, royalty or aristocracy. And we come from a lineage of farmers in Denmark. So I was like, what? This is very odd. And for me, who have been doing what I've been doing for so many years, not understanding that there was something weird with my own family is, to say the least, surprising. But I, you know, so it's my, my mind, the way it is now, was starting to look like, wait a second. So I started going through because so many things through my upbringing didn't make sense. But I just, well, my dad said it, my mom said it. So it's true, the truth. I just put it in there. And yes, we moved uh, very uh, hastily from Denmark to Sweden from a luxury life and Denmark to a 1700 uh, from a, a, a house from the 16th century with no heating, no warmth, no, uh, no water, no toilet, no nothing, because my mother liked Swedish nature. That's why we moved like this overnight. We didn't even have time to say goodbye to our friends. I mean, but I never thought of it because my mother liked Swedish nature. So we moved. You know, but these type of things, when I started going through with my knowledge now, I started finding an incredible, incredible story and background where, uh, and people say, we have exposed Damagard because his father was part of Gladio. No, I have stepped forward and said, my father was part of Danish Gladio. I was the one saying it. I'm the one who's digging, you know, so, uh, but what I found is that uh, my dad and my whole family uh, was involved in the Danish resistance movement during the uh, Second World War against the Nazi occupation. And at the end of the war, the MI6 and CIA, through the Allies, came to Denmark to recruit uh, for the future Gladio network, recruit people in the, they, they recruited it from Denmark, they recruited people that was in a, a, a special uh, prison camp and from a prison called Vesterfengsel and from the uh, resistance movement. These were the, the uh, sort of where they picked people and they picked people in key positions, not top positions, but key positions. And several of them were military guys uh, that had came to the level of major or lieutenant not sort of colonels, not generals, because they had that part. But what they were looking for was people anonymous enough and, uh, to be able to, to work around with, to be able to create a secret ghost army, which is, uh, went under the name of Gladio. That's the international name of this ghost army that went uh, super secret until the early 1990s when a scandal erupted in Italy that's also the Italian name for this ghost army is Gladio. That's the sword of the gladiator. gladiator. But uh, it was there where, where this scandal erupted, which it turned out that more than 10,000 people were involved in this secret net, uh, network. And then the scandal started going from country to country to country and country. So for some 40 years, it was a total secret. And, but what, what, uh, 
what they did after the Second World War, especially during the Cold War, where so many of these small nations that was uh, <clears throat> talking on their own, like Denmark, Belgium, Holland, Germany, these type of countries, they needed protection from the big bad guy in the East, Russia. That was what we were being told, at least in the Cold War. So NATO was created as big brother with the US, uh, the uh, wings of the US like this, we're gonna take care of you. So what NATO did was every nation that, uh, that uh, joined NATO had to secretly create their version of a ghost army. And this ghost army was created of hundreds of small cells of six to eight people, uh, sometimes 10, all pos uh, positioned in strategic positions all over the country, whatever country that was, where they were fully equipped with weapons, fuel, maps, bazookas, mines, ammo, food, uh, uh, communication, whatever, uh, all of it buried in strategic positions so that, and all of these hundreds of small cells did not know about each other. It was only the top layer that were aware of it. A bit like Dad's army, but underground. And then, so the idea was that should there be an invasion from the east, then the leaders of the country, prime ministers, royalties, whatever, could just bugger off to London, pick up the phone, and in one phone call, activate a fully equipped, strategically positioned guerrilla army, you know, that could right away infiltrate at all and, and uh, fight the enemy, you know, in a very successful way. So when you think of it, I think it is an absolutely brilliant idea and my family seemed to have been part from the end of the Second World War to create this. In Denmark, it went under the name of Absalom. In Sweden, it was called Stay Behind, and many other countries used, they had their own names for this whole thing. So what uh, it seems like, because there's about 10 years of my dad's life that I cannot find him at all. And it seems to me that he, during these times, uh, because I found other people around him were, were having very similar lives. And they seem to have been for, sent to Fort Bragg in Georgia, where they went through special ops, uh, anything from being educated as, as assassins, sabotage, uh, psyops, uh, you name it, and then sent back into to Denmark to create this whole thing. And so in my family album, I've, I've done presentation, this uh, interview with uh, Jim Fetzer, I've even, I have a slideshow there where I'm just pointing out all of these things that I found in my home also where it's, when, when you look at the people that my dad officially didn't know, but I swear to God that he did, because when you look at how they moved around, how they were interacting, one of them was a dentist and he went to the US from Denmark to get educated as a dentist. What type of special dentist is that, you know, in the 50s to go to the States to be educated? But when you look at the people he was involved in, in at Fort Bragg as well, and these type of things, one of the things with microfilms was that they used the false teeth to, to have the microfilms and things inside it. So anyway, so he, he went to that and then he failed his education officially. So instead he became like an elevator operator. So he was the guy that pressed the floor six, boom, and he pressed the button. Okay, fair enough. But where did he do that? He did it in the same building as Alan Dulles, the head of the CIA, and John Foster Dulles, the brother of the CIA, um, Alan Dulles, who was the foreign minister of the USA. Okay, and then, he was sent back to Denmark with a, uh, a 
Chevrolet cab Chevrolet cab from 1955 which was that would be like a Lamborghini nowadays that was transported on a ship from the US to Denmark who gets that if you're working as an elevator operator you know no one another of my on my father's unknown friends he they're very similar lifelines like this he went to the US as well where I found a photo of him And it's a photo of him and somebody else. He's standing there in a hole full with a helmet, you know, and a bush on top with a machine gun. He's standing with one person talking, looking at something that looks like both of them are very focused. So it's not a group photo. It's a photo of these two. The other person is, I kid you not, Dwight Eisenhower, the Supreme Commander of the USA and the President of the United States. That is not just anyone, that is an important person in world history. Also, these people were at the same location where Montgomery, the leader, the military leader of the UK, of Great Britain, came right after the Second World. My, my dad was right around the corner, these other people right around the corner, or were they there with them? I tell you, they were there with them. So my father, uh, I have photos of him because he was officially a loser, just like you were referring to, uh, living in a bus behind a gas station with his dog. To me, that sounds like a loser. Oh, I like that. But then officially, he was so good at filling up cars and cleaning windows that he was headhunted by Esso, Stat Oil, Rockefeller. He was headhunted. And then he came from being a loser to like six months later, he was head of Uh, uh, half of Copenhagen, the gas stations in Copenhagen, he was in charge of them. That is quite a career move like this. And then he was given a villa. I don't know how we got that villa, but uh, given a villa. And also he was given, or he somehow required, uh, acquired this Chevrolet Bel Air 57. And he used to say it was only him and Elvis Presley that had that model. What? I even have photos of my mom and dad in it. <clears throat> that is not a car that a loser in and in Denmark, in those days, these cars did not exist at all. So <clears throat> I have a photo, two photos of my mom and dad. They're sitting in the in the car. My dad has sort of a, a scarf around his neck and sun shades and the whole. He looks really cool playing James Bond, more or less. You know, my my mother, who is a beautiful woman sitting next to him in this whole thing. The thing is, where was the photo taken? I managed to find the exact location. And that location is right on top of NATO's most secret underground base in the 1950s. It's now a Cold War museum. I have found the exact location. And it was a hidden uh, underground ent oh, entrance behind a bush. That bush is on the photo. There are three... Uniform soldiers, that was the thing that gave it away to me in the background having a smoke. But because like I am like, you know, checking every single square little inch of these type of things. Also, I found the radio mass that was on uh, different locations. And so I managed to pinpoint because the radio masts are still there. The background is still the same. I found the entrance down to the underground. I've been down there. It's more than two kilometers of of uh, tunnels uh, 22 meters uh, below surface. And right on the other side, 
is a small little farmhouse, a white farmhouse, where my father's boss from the uh, resistance movement were living as a farmer. Really, really, like there's like 30, 30 yards in between. This is in the way, nowhere, it's out of the reach, right on the coastline, where during the Second World War or the Cold War, it was Denmark, the east coast of Denmark was frontline Russia because Sweden was neutral. Finland was overtaken already. It was frontline Russia. And they say that Kennedy, every morning when he woke up, the first thing he said, any reports from Stems, which is exactly the name of that uh, thing. So, and, and the more I look into it, it just unravels more and more. And it seems like uh, I spoke to Cody Snodgrass, a CIA whistleblower who's in Black Ops for some 20 odd years. And I described, because this has been quite traumatic for me to find out, you know, because this is not just a cheap movie you're watching. This is my family, where this has been every single conversation I had with my mother and father. They have been living a double life and I have not known about it. You know, so it's like not just, yeah, this is interesting. This is pretty weird. And so... I, I described the whole situation to Cody, who lived a double life for some 20 odd years uh, himself. His parents never found out that he was a black op. His wife and son didn't know about it for 22 years. He was living a total double life. So he knows what it's all about. When I described this whole thing, he said, I'll tell you one thing. He's got a very deep Texan type of state uh, sounding voice. Your dad was a spook and so was your mom. I was like, what? My mother, my mother, you did not listen. So I described again. He said, <clears throat> he, no, he just said, please describe your mother. I said, she was very beautiful. She looked quite like Rachel Wells, not just me saying it. She was beautiful. That is very, very important for these uh, forces as well as honey traps to lure people in. And also <clears throat> they were married without... I mean, the marriage certificate doesn't match up. The date doesn't match up. They never wore wedding rings. They were put together, I believe, as assets, not for love. And I think that we children, because I look at the other families of these five individuals that I've been tracking, it seems to me like the family, the kids were born as a front window, as you know, just like this is the perfect family. Yes, they have kids. They have all of these things. No, we were just there as, you know, pieces there as a cover which is very odd and could also explain why my dad never seemed to really have wanted children so anyway so anyway so he asked about my mother and he said with any specific uh, skills or interest he said yeah i said yes she spoke i don't know how many languages she was uh, she was a translator she was uh, she loved grammar she was very good with uh, all kinds of quick hands things like that she had like an incredible memory he said acid honey trap and acid that is what he said about my mother so uh, yeah so sometimes, that, you gotta talk you go. to a, sometimes you got to talk to a texan i'm in texas right now <laughs> for the truth about shit um as above so below you know it's like you you are one of the world's leading experts on false flag operations and then you only later do you realize that your whole family was two spies unbelievable but i feel like you were almost um you know created for the the mission that you're on olaf with mm -hmm. that background 
maybe you are just subconsciously picking up as a kid and this cognitive dissonance built up in you in a way growing up subconsciously like wait that doesn't make sense why do you go from living in the back of a fucking bus to running half of the gas day? what so just like these things kind of build up in you also when you described in that fetzer interview that you move suddenly multiple times this now you're here now you're here and what happens they cut your patreon account or these uh you know evil entities are after you okay i'm going out of denmark i'm going from sweden okay now i'm going to spain now i'm going to Bali, you know, it's made you adaptable. You can, um, but you, because your life purpose is so focused and you stay focused on your same discipline, things happen. I mean, I, I've been doing comedy for 20 years of my life and only now, I'll be honest, I get jealous because Klaus Schwab Jr. gets booked for a lot of gigs I would like to do. But, um, you know, he's like, well, just drive me. I don't do a good impression of him. But uh, only now, just with a singular focus for so many years, do, does uh, things kind of start to happen for you, you know? I think uh, mm. you are made for it. Oh, this is the other point I wanted to make about something else. The truckers, we were having a little disagreement about the thing of the truckers. Maybe they're having a Pied Piper that's blowing them into a certain direction. Maybe they're getting their own Q drops, you know, um, or whatever, A drops. They're getting A drops in Canada. E. Um, but I wonder if the supply chain, you know, uh, if all the truckers go to Ottawa, now I'm not a supply chain expert, but I would think that the, that would have a blowback because then all the grocery stores would run out of food. Am I wrong about that? So, you know, they all the truckers go to kick Trudeau's ass. Good on you. Now your country starves because they need... They need chicken wings in the grocery stores, you know, and the, there's going to be hyperinflation as a blowback. And then Trudeau can go with his coiffed hair. See, you know, I told you guys, these truckers are crazy. And now look what happened. You know what I mean? It's I know exactly what you mean. And that is what I'm saying as well, because when you have these type of things in a, in a psychological operation, you need heroes and you need bad guys. And so when your hero is suddenly sort of starting to decay, you need, a, you need bad guys. And then often what they do after a while, the bad guy swaps to become a good guy again. So sometimes these bad guys or good guys, whoever Trudeau in this case, which is an absolute uh, uh, dare guy. I mean, this is an, <clears throat> he's, he's installed so it's like a program just running, their program running, saying whatever they want to say. So sometimes in these operations, these people have to, oh, 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 flee or escape. Absolutely not. It's part of the game. It's part of the game so that we think we're winning, we're winning. No, you're looking at the wrong place. Do you see? So here we won. We got him out. We did. And he would be in the somewhere. Oh, it's so horrible. There. So no, it's part of the game. They're playing you. And so... It's only afterwards when you can see, oh, my God, our whole attention was pointed that direction when actually we should have been looking over here. And this is where, because this trucker thing, I was, uh, I was in a group with, uh, uh, I'm going to do some name dropping, Dr. Loros Cahill, uh, Dr. Christian Northrop, Karen Madej, uh, Dr. Shen, uh, Sherry Tenpenny, Mikovic, uh, Andy Kaufman. We were sort of in a small group that 
were holding each other's hand because this is heavy incoming artillery, you know. So we had this one meeting once a week for a while there, and they were talking about these trucker things. Uh, you know, it's um, Pam Potter. She was talking. She was in in contact with some American truckers that was planning this whole thing, and it seemed really, really good. And then I and another person was asking the question, but really. Are we not playing their game now? If we start destroying all of these things, who are we destroying it for? We are, they're going to starve ordinary people. Yes, they will go to Ottawa. Yes, they will go to the Finnish capital or whatever, you know, and block the streets. What are you accomplishing? That They want to destroy. It's order out of chaos. It's out of the ruins of society as we know it. They will build their new world empire. That is their plan, has been from day one. So if we destroy it for them, who are we helping? And that is my concern. You know, I, I applaud everyone who's standing up and finally doing something. Where were you all of these years? But now actually you're doing something amazing. Fantastic. But are you doing it in the right place or are you being played? I would say you're being played. I mean, you even need to get a jab to go to SatanCon. I mean, I don't even know, you know, <laughs> I got into the whole Satan thing for rugged individualism. Now I got to get my booster. I don't know. I got to get a vaccine idea. I don't know. I, I know did, this. I, I, thought it, I thought it was really interesting that... Uh, that little statue that they sell, that, that was oh. the one that they put in Little Rock, Arkansas, which is where Bill Clinton came from. Do, do you know that they put? Yeah, that one, exactly that one. They have a statue of that in Little Rock, Arkansas, or they tried to put it there outside the government building. I don't know if they tore it down. I hope they did, but uh, charming uh, people. Well, I don't want to keep, we, we are running out of time here. Oh, I listened to your interview about uh, Reiner, uh, Reiner Fulmish on your personal website not on your Patreon, that got your Patreon removed. Because I always, uh, you know, I researched the shit that got you blocked, Ole. Because, uh, you know, that's that's the little thorn in the side of them. You mentioned a, guy, a name, you name dropped. I didn't know this person. Can you describe, a, you said Brian Garish is a colleague of yours. He's an insider whistleblower. Who is this guy? Who? Uh, Brian Garish. I didn't mention him. I know oh, okay. about him. I've, I've never, he's a, a UK military guy. I think he's got a program called UK Column. I did not say his name because uh, uh, I have not, men, I've never met him. Uh, but as far as I know, he's a reliable person. Did you read an article? Maybe, I don't know. Sorry. About no, that. I did. I have, I, there's a misunderstanding there. I did not uh, mention him or say anything about that. Please listen again. And if I'm wrong, then uh, I need some kind of pill. Hey, maybe you didn't sleep good. I don't know. It's, it's hard. It, it is a hall of mirrors. So it's like, you know, this righteous anger builds up. And then you're like, you know, I know that they game theory all this out. The controllers, what else are they doing in their castle? Even, even the person who's the energy secretary doesn't know how many, uh, you know, power plants they have. So the, but they're controlling the peasants. I think that's always their main thing is running PR for their crimes and covering them up or, you know, distracting us from this operation. That's why, you know, who cares? The, the power plant will just run and the workers will run it. But what I need you to do is do this operation over here. You know, I, I tell you, one thing that is interesting is uh, study pickpockets. I mean, there are all of these shows and stuff like that where you they show you 
how easily they can fool you how how do they deceive us how do they do it you know mind control also mind readers that uh, you know you got all of these ted talks and so study these individuals and see how easily played are we i tell you oh my god we're so gullible it's unbelievable i picked the card that's what you think do you, you pick the card they chose for you and it's the same here we're being played and it's not an easy game it's not black and white do you know when when i uh, speak to so-called young people teenagers and stuff like that and i say about right away they ask who's the bad guy who's the good guy no it's not that easy it's not that easy it's not good or bad it's not black or white there's like multiple layers of operation going on at the same time sometimes they're to confuse us the people who are carrying out the operations don't even know about the other people who are carrying out other operations that do not know about who's actually carrying out another operation all of it at the same time it's like this so this whole thing about oh now i understand it well do we really and well now i get it well do we really or is are we up against i believe the biggest propaganda machine and mind manipulator ever 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 so we should applaud ourselves just to be able to stand up you know and, and just breathe and and function more or less normal because it's like heavy heavy mind war that is going on so when you look at these things my recommendation is what are they trying to tell you what are they, and when it comes from them it's fear based it is always fear based it's to get you out of of uh, balance to get you in a fear mode ask yourself question number 1 is it true i cannot emphasize that question enough is it true yes i googled it what does that even mean google who owns google it, they can point you in any direction they want so you can't do that so ask yourself is it true is it true is it true and then who benefits from me believing it whatever it is they're trying to stuff down your throat now and suddenly when the whole world agrees on something like now the, the russia is bad suddenly you have this holy crap landslide just pointing in one direction where did that come from well maybe the people that control the us media for once can sit around one table one table and have dinner that is not even a joke they can sit around one table and have dinner and agree let's point east and all of them will agree to point east and we think that no but i've listened to cnn and they said that and fox news said the same so it has to be true really and swedish well really because it's like deception 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 and deception so i want to say life is good life is wonderful it is an amazing place more or less most people that i met incredible individuals some of them messed up will join the club and we're being taken for a ride by a tiny little fraction a tiny little fraction of super psychos who are very good at manipulating backstabbing killing not themselves but they get other people to do the dirty work for them you know all of these bad things it's the wizard of us we have to pull the curtain and see how few they are it's a joke there are a few thousand we are billions billions and billions 
So the only thing we have to say, snap out of it, wake up and say, and also the only way they can do this is through our consent. So the day we say it's not on, thank you, but no, thank you. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing what you're telling me to do. Well, if you don't, I, we will, well, go for it. Well, we will, well, go for it, do it, whatever you want, do it. I'm here, do it. And then when the more you let go of fear, I tell you, you are becoming a major problem for these individuals. And then this madness will stop. It's up to us. And there you go. Even Hunter Biden, you know, uh, that, my whole thing about the Ukraine, when this started off, you know, Hunter Biden, he's on crack. He puts out a sex tape. You know, I watched this for research purposes, uh, his crack fueled sex tape, you know. And then when I came out, an interviewer sat him down. It's like, what's going on? He's like, I, you know, I think I was hacked by Russia. It's like, bro, your your dick and face and asshole are on the same frame. That was Russia, dude. That was Russia. So sometimes these drug addicts at the top of the park just they're so they give away the plan. They just blurt, blurt out the plan, like, oh, we're gonna blame Russia for this. That wasn't my say anyway. <laughs> Lightonconspiracies.com. Ole Damagard. Uh, how can people find you? How can people follow you? <laughs> it's a really good question because I am being shut down right, left and center. And uh, so it's getting harder and harder, uh, which is not fun at all. And uh, I really want to say if anyone would like to support what I'm trying to do is uh, because what I'm trying to do is save the world. If you haven't noticed, uh, then lightonconspiracies.com. There are that's the only platform that I own because we control it. We built this like Fort Knox thing and so far so good because uh, YouTube has shut us down, Patreon has shut us down, Facebook has shut us down, uh, Vimeo has shut us down. I'm being censored even on, on BitChute, like platforms like that on Odyssey where they say that there's no censorship. I get these guidelines as well. So why is that? Why is that they say hate speech? that I have broken community rules and that I'm bullying and whatever. But I challenge you, I challenge, go to my website. There's more than 1,000, almost 1,100 interviews that I've done over the years. If you can find one helpful word, word, yes, I've said like this, I've given them the finger, that is true. But otherwise than that, have I said any hateful word, any violent word, any anything over the years, that's 1,100 interviews, most of them two hours. That's a lot of words. Have I said anything? But this is why I'm being shut down. So, I, think, I think humanity has a herd immunity from tyranny, and Ole Demigard is social vitamin C. That's what I see. I think you, you're a big sweetie. <laughs> um, I also have my social own... Social vitamin C. Thank you so much. That is a beautiful thing. Thank you. You're going to go to ericollerbach.com. There's a Claire Schwab Jr. thing. He sponsors a program. I don't support anything on there. Uh, the worst, we have a sponsor, ACBD Remedy, acbdremedy.com. Use promo code ERIC for 20% off your order. Ole Demigard, Highway Diary, episode 335. I'm going to stop recording. <laughs>